Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, episode number 156. I'm your host, David Palermo. We are in the office right now. I am enjoying Mike Smitty, a.k.a. Smitty, the fantasy guy. Um, and we just got back from the Bills game. But before we dive into it, don't forget, check out GrandstandSportsNetwork.com. If you want to get in some more podcasts, check it out. Awesome radio-style time slotting on GrandstandSportsNetwork.com. And I just kind of let it play in the background see what pops up. So also check out Lockdown Bills podcast. Have Kevin Masseri on regularly along with Eric Turner and love the guys there at CoverOne.net. Nate Geary also on WGR right now as we record this is also part of the Lockdown Bills podcast. So make sure you check them out. And lastly, PunchDrunkSports.com. Make sure you run that through your uh, podcast feed because Punch Drunk Sports is awesome. Three comedians talking sports. Love it. And uh, it's raw, unfiltered from comedians Ari Shafir, Jason Tebow, and Sam Tripoli. More on that. Check out PunchDrunkSports.com. And lastly, Numb Bills fan, thank you for subscribing to the podcast. If you haven't, pass it along. Follow along on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to shoot me an email, davidnumbillsfan.com. So right now, podcast about to get started here. Uh, pretty disappointing drive home. Pretty disappointing uh, game being in the stadium. Watching the Bills just absolutely look like not an NFL team. So Mike Smith, um, you want to say hello? Good evening, guys. I guess you guys are feeling deflated after another Poor, poor performance on both offensive and defensive sides of the ball for the Bills, which cannot blame you. Yeah, so story goes, if you listen to the last podcast, Mike's busting chops about a ticket. Call Mike up last night or shot a text to come out. Mike joins the whack pack. We head out. And uh, what did you think? Pleasant drive? You like the back roads? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, the ride, although I was sleeping on the way home, seemed a little long. But, again, I was sleeping. So. It wasn't stressful, though, right? No, I mean, I was able to get a good a good snooze. Yeah, it's I mean, a good driver right after there. Some, after it's a good driver. Some, after some beers, you know, a nice little... Little nap, you know, it was nice after the game. You know? you think and about, some excellent jambalaya. Thanks, Riley. What'd you think about uh, that that Riley, the parking god? Good guy, right? His name was Riley too, or not Riley? Randy. I, I don't Randy. mean to disrespect Randy like that. Yeah. Randy, the parking god. Randy, the parking god. Yeah. Yeah. That dude had it going on. Over His there. brother is Wolverine at Comic Con. Pretty cool dude. Sign so that's where we park at five 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 twenty eight. Kind of a hard thing to forget, right? Didn't think. So Mike Smith sat next to me at the game, and uh, we had Jeff Knight, powerful Jeff Knight's friend uh, Sam, sit in the seat below. It's nice meeting Sam today. So Sam, thank you for joining. And you know the Bills just came out with three points, their first drive, and. That was nice, you know, wasn't too shabby of a drive, but what ensued afterwards was frankly the same old, and you wonder how when you have 10 days to prepare, 
you show up as a team like that, especially with a coach that has faced Sean Payton's offense how many times in his career at Carolina? We want to talk about Carolina. They refer to Carolina like it's the goddamn fucking the Walsh days in San Francisco. Like, no, it's Carolina. Last I checked, you have a franchise quarterback. You know, so it's like pretty easy in Carolina to hit a hot win streak in that division for them. When you're going against a Rob Ryan defense, right? Well, offensively. So it's like, here we are. And it's like, you've seen the Saints how many times, and the Bills can't stop the run. And I'm not just going to attribute that to Marcel Darius out the gate, but let's put it this way we were thinking of a title. Bills are at rock bottom. I don't understand. If there's a time to say fire the offensive coordinator, I'm sorry. I don't want to be rude, but time's up. Time is. Up in my book. So, Michael, I'll shoot it to you as you look at me with your eyes so sexy. I mean, I have no problem getting rid of him. At the end of the day, LaShawn McCoy touched the ball 11 times. It's not enough. He rushed it eight times, had three catches. And with his limited touches, he himself was productive. If you're not touching the ball, you cannot be productive. And that goes into play calling. Um, The Bills are not doing anything to protect um, the line of scrimmage. They're getting pushed back on both sides of the ball. And teams are starting to see where the Bills are so inept. And they have game planned for it. Now, I, too, am not going to say the departure of Darius is why, but even though he's in unlimited steps, I mean, take the the game since he's departed, it's not looked very well for that front four. So they have to do better. They have to scheme better. They have to know at what position and what depths to play. I mean, there was countless plays where you could just look down at the formation, the Bills' defensive alignment, and you immediately know who was going to get the ball. Um, It's a great advantage to be Drew Brees, who literally can do whatever he wants with the offense. Um, But I believe you need to be able to do that because – if you're just running the plays that are given to you, which for, for the most part can be good, but sometimes you got the matchup on the other side and you have to be able to audible out of it. And you can clearly see the difference between Drew Brees style offense and Tyrod Taylor style offense, which is pre-snap Drew Brees is reading the defense. He's making any line adjustments. He's making any play adjustments if needed. Bills don't have anything going on pre-snap on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. A very limited pre-snap on the defense side of the ball. Can I jump in with you on that real quick for the offense side of the ball? Because something we had down here for topics, we were talking um, really, I mean, you're going right into it. You naturally transgressed into uh, coaching. And the number one thing I wanted to talk about was Tyrod's audibles. And that's a big... Can you make more noise, dude, with that? You're killing me. Mike just finds a piece of tape and just makes noise. So it's like the the trick is really, can Tyrod even audible? You know, and it's like, here we are, first play of the game. We see Calvin Benjamin, right, one-on-one. 
And here we are. We bring in this weapon. The Bills bring in this quote-unquote weapon. One-on-one. Tyrod Taylor does not even look over to that side of the field at all. Does not even look it off to Calvin Benjamin and then hit the swing pass to McCoy. First play of the game for the Bills offensively. And that's what they come out with. And it's like, there, there's Calvin Benjamin. You want to make a statement play? And right there I saw, you know what? Tyrod Taylor is going by some kind of script, obviously, that the coaches have for him. And then we see eight guys in the box throughout the game. Cannot make any adjustments to game after game to make an audible out of it. You know, and we talked about this last week on the podcast. You know, it, it's kind of... It's, like, disrespectful. I mean, the guy's a smart guy. He's the first one there, last one to leave, right? Why don't you give him a little bit more respect? Well, at this point, I mean, you want to win or do you want to play for next year? And it doesn't matter who you have on your team. If your team is not able to do what they can at their best, and sometimes that is you looking and saying, we can do this. Sometimes they have to make decisions on the fly, and that's what good quarterbacks do. I mean, even for the sake, and Deshaun Watson, too bad for his leg injury, he was making more pre-snap reads after a few games in the season than Tyrod Taylor is making right now. And again, I don't know, is that just Tyrod Taylor cannot do it, or is he not allowed to? That's that is something I would really like to get a definitive on. So it's just it's really exhausting that uh, Mike was joking around. We're watching the game, and Mike scripted the first plays from every every side of the ball out there, or I should say, for both teams offensively. You know, you were you were honestly. I hate to give you credit. But words do I will, and I'll tell you that's why I like having you on the podcast. I like having you come to the game. I, I talk to you. Well, it's not it's not hard to look at Michael Thomas is lined up outside the hashes, and no one is within 15 yards for me to say number 13 is going to get the ball. It's pretty simple. Everybody in the stadium <laughs> knew Michael Thomas was going to get the ball because <laughs> – was that that cute look that where the Bills overload on one side and try to blitz Drew Brees? It's like, oh, cool, good job. Like, And Drew Brees immediately could not. I, I, he probably set a record for how fast the ball came out of his Well, hand. Drew Brees right now this season, he has the shortest airtime um, per pass in the entire NFL, which means he is hitting receivers near the line of scrimmage. It's quick, and he's letting his – playmakers make plays and if you know that going into the game you need to get players up on top of these players man on man close and even if you're in a zone you can still zone press you can zone bump you can do a different things to throw off timing bills for the most part today were not playing near the line of scrimmage enough or knocking the receivers off their route and beyond that they were not making tackles, so they were just getting trounced up the gut all day. 
arm tackles getting broken, people not being where they're supposed to be. The team, you didn't see any situation where the team, there were no team tackles. Uh, very rare today to see the team there as a whole making a play or or first man contact and then he's followed by a parade of defensive players like, you know, flowing to the ball. Like you didn't see that. They weren't all in tune. It almost felt like they weren't into it after the first couple of drives as if, wow, is this the way it's going to be um, all game long? And sure enough was when you let two rushers go over 100 yards each. Right. Um, literally no no resistance in the run game, and that's what ultimately cost us. I mean, if you can just run in the NFL and you don't have to pass, honestly, don't I don't think the Bills would have won even if – Drew Brees didn't throw the ball today because they couldn't move the ball on offense. The Saints defense, to their credit, they're playing very well, not just recently against the Bills as they did today, but um, in this seven-game win streak that they're on, they're playing some stout defense, and they're making it hard. People are not open, and there's when there's no place to throw the ball – you know, you're left with limited options if you're not going to establish the run game, which the Bills didn't do. I mean, prior to Nathan Peterman coming in the game, Bills had 35 offensive snaps. So that's not a lot to go around, period. No matter how you divide 35 up, there's not enough to get a productive offense. So how do you not how do you not at this point in the season? It's like. You know, we thought Rex Ryan was a tire fire. And this is really a tire fire. This is this is the worst. I, I This is honestly, if for regular people who listen to the podcast, you know I'm pretty, uh, I try to be quote-unquote objective, but I'm almost more on the positive tip because there's so much negativity. But right now, this is where I keep reimplying my point of, this is why when you find the coaches that you like, you stick to them. And you know what? I'm ride or die with, with McDermott right now. But you know what? After a while, these players are going to start looking around and going, hey, yeah, what's that? I ain't put in this position like we talked about. Why are we running this play? And you know what? Sometimes I think the coaches need to have the same accountability for the coaching staff as they do Players. On the players, because not for nothing, Brandon Bean, all these guys were getting cute with these draft picks, but like, no Sammy Watkins, we have an inept offense. Cool. Now we got Calvin Benjamin, who all, for some reason, you can't put in during the Jets game because he really did some damage with three receptions, 42 yards, I believe, today, which is a good showing, I guess, for the amount of inept plays the Bills ran. But not for nothing, it's like, Let's get it together here. This is really awful. I mean, you can't do worse. How, how do you do worse than this? Really, you have a Hall of Fame running back on the bench on third down in 13, and there's a seven-yard dump off to Tolbert. So he's not even in there. And that's like a couple times. And that's how Tolbert got his two receptions. So it's like, what – What's the decision making here? There's got to be a fall guy on the offensive side of the ball. I don't want to tell people to ever to get fired, but if you want to preach accountability in the process, this process is is kind of seeming like bullshit right now because this team has a hell of a lot more holes than they've ever had in years. In years. 
I, I, I mean, you, you, you took, we've talked about it relentlessly, and it starts in the trenches. You, you took the offensive line and just made it an abomination. It is an abomination right now. Well, the other thing is it's hot. And they're working hard at it. That's the hard part, man, is these players are going in there, and they're working hard. They're, they're trying to take time out of their lives to get away from football, to come back, and it would be really grooved. And, I, and I'm, I'm by the players. But at a certain point, the players got to be like, what the fuck is this garbage? What the fuck are we even doing here? Well, it's, it's concerning. I mean – Again, LaShawn McCoy had eight rushes in the game. Three of those were on the opening drive. So after that first drive, he rushed the ball five times. And even more concerning for me is two-minute offense. Again, Mike Tolbert is out there. There's roughly a minute. uh, It was right after the two-minute warning. I'm not exactly sure exactly how much time it was. First down, Tolbert's in the game, and... It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any and sense. And we're not mad at Tolbert. He's not the one being asked to be trotted out there. He's not the one that's being called on stretch plays throughout the year. He's out there running what's asked him. I'm not ripping on the players. This is coaching here. Well, he only, okay? he only like, this had is coaching. three touches in the game. But at the end of the day, in a two-minute offense, you need to have your best players out there. You needed... LaShawn McCoy needs to be in your two-minute offense. He's dynamic, so if you do have to dump it off to the backfield, you want to dump it off to the most dynamic person you can dump it off to. It's a game of matchups, right? Is that what we talk? Isn't that what every coach does? It's a game of matchups. It's a game of matchups. And they're inept at the, the line, getting blown off the line the entire game. I mean, you didn't see many opportunities where the line was where they need to be, but they were down so fast that the team just went to, we have to pass, we have to pass. Well, running was actually working. Um, you have to slow down. You have to regroup. You have to gather, and you have to push forward. You can't just bail on trying to run the ball just because uh, you're down, especially when there's a whole half left of football to play. And the Bills just never could do it. They they couldn't get anything going. I mean, the interception there in the second half really finished them off. But um, they were just getting pushed around. And that's just credit to the Saints and the lack of discipline on the Bills' side of the ball beyond the ability to push around the defense or the line. They were committing penalties. They had four uh, combination of encroachments or offsides on defense. Neutral zone. Yeah, I mean, which I think is a stupid. However, you know, whatever it is, it's five yards. Right. One of those five yards results in a first down. You would have had your your only opportunity to make them punt. And you gave them a free first down. And that was there was one drive they gave them two first downs off. Yes, and obviously they scored a touchdown drive because they scored a touchdown every right. drive. So, um, except the field goals. The New Orleans Saints, a dome team, came into Buffalo and kicked the fucking shit out of the Bills. Like, absolutely, team looked, looked absolutely horrible. And I don't know 
what answers you can have. Well, I, I, I mean, really don't. I mean, look, not, they didn't even look like an NFL at, team to me. Look at the difference, though, in personnel. When you have that Saints offense and they're blocking the way they are and they're creating holes, and then on top of the fact that they're blocking and creating holes, look at who they're putting out on the field. They have legitimate talent. Michael Thomas can go to any team and he's going to be a number one receiver or number two if you already have a great wide receiver. Um, they have Ingram for whatever reason and I don't know what's taken the Saints so long to fall in love with Ingram and give him his 20 carries a game. Well, wait till he's Frank Gore's age and they he's finally give him the ball. running like a monster and Cal- uh, Elvin Kamara, oh. he is so versatile. He was so fun to watch. And yeah, it was real fun to watch. <laughs> it was real fun. 12 <laughs> yards, 9 yards, Ingram, up. 8 yards. And, oh, by the way, Ingram jumps into the stands. So. And I'm like, this dude just literally jumped into the stands, and no one seems to give a shit. I mean, the Bills like, are where they can are. You, I mean, are you serious? You want to defend your dirt? Is that defending well, your they, dirt? What are they supposed to do? I mean, you can't. I don't go know, man. Like that's disrespectful, dude. Oh, that it's is just, that's definitely just, disrespectful. But that's when you're sitting there over on the sideline, and somebody, you just, just somebody SMH. is supposed to get up and say, "We're not going to stand for this in our stadium." The next time he comes through. That line, we are going to ring his bell. But that didn't happen. No one did They anything. couldn't get close because they were just pushed out they, of the way. There was one play, and it was uh, Kyle Williams made a tackle. And I love Kyle Williams, and he's a hard player. But he makes a tackle seven yards downfield. He literally only made that tackle because he was pushed so far downfield that the running back eventually came to him um, for him to make that play. It was down at like the five-yard line. It was it was unbelievable. So that I'd like to say the Bills, you know, have a legitimate shot. Now, just based on the other teams in the AFC, they still do potentially have a shot at making the playoffs. I mean, they they have to play the Dolphins twice. They are currently the sixth seed, a half a game ahead of the Dolphins. Right. Who are playing Carolina tomorrow night. And hopefully Carolina could win because the Jets just lost to Tampa Bay, which is great. And um, that's good. That's good for the Bills that the Jets lost to Tampa Bay because the Bills obviously beat Tampa Bay. So... I mean, there's still hope, and at the end of the year, I mean, so far, nine games in, we got to say that Saints team, at the end of the day, to say I got to watch Drew Brees in person, like, that was cool. And, and it was crazy, because I had never seen Drew Brees in person, too. And the one time he comes to town, we don't even get to see Drew Brees. We get to see the Saints <laughs> Rushing like that's all they've ever done, ever. Like, you didn't even get to see Drew Brees making his audibles and his adjustments. He just kind of. You know what, though? You did get to see Drew Brees get rid of that ball. Like, he already knew where he was. We saw Drew Brees, the game manager today, actually, is what I think we saw. The game manager, Drew Brees. Look how fast he goes through his progressions. Like, Like, Drew Brees already knows. Drew Brees is like, if I can just pick up this three yards, Michael Thomas, he's getting a. A 10-yard start over here. I'm going to just pluck it right over here. So, like, if I get this, I'll hand it off two, three times, and we'll be in scoring range. And Dude, that the, was the game plan for them. It's pretty simple. In the third simple. quarter, they were, it just seemed like they were just running the ball 
out of pity for the Bills. They're just like, they all were, right, we're and, just going to run this game down. That was and the I'm play like, I was just talking about. They're me? running, they're running, and now they had like a third and three. And Michael Thomas again is on the left side. And again, he has a 10 yard cushion. And I'm like, first down, Michael Thomas. Are we Thomas. watching the same game? Then, Are we watching? Is this like, hey, bring your kids to work day to play defensive coordinator? Yeah. Like, what is going on? I'm watching so, this game like, what? no, And I, I do understand the the idea that Michael Thomas yeah, bring your is kids to a work legitimate is a threat. Idea. And you can't just play up and press him the whole time because he can beat you deep. But when you're getting destroyed at the line and these guys, they weren't catching long passes. They were just catching the ball and then breaking tackles or running after they caught the ball. And the running backs were breaking tackles at the line of scrimmage. And even if anyone got to them before they got to the line of scrimmage, they weren't square in a position to make a tackle. And then it would be an arm tackle and they'd brush off that. And then even if they all teamed up, they managed to push them forward about five yards. So all in all, it was just a pathetic performance by the Bills. There's no other way to sum it up. There's nothing they're going to be able to look at in the film and say, yeah, we got to do. You don't need to watch the film to know that you can't just get pushed around for four quarters in a football game and think you're going to win. Um, being that they had no answers anywhere, you can't put any pressure on the quarterback. You're not going to get turnovers. The one turnover we got today was a fluke. Um, but you you put no pressure on their defense or their offense at any point in the game. They weren't tired. They weren't feeling any stress of the game. You weren't able to you weren't able to find any rhythm to make them feel anything but bliss. The, the Saints, they felt so good the whole game. They looked, they they're they, just they, like, what do you want to do? They looked better to me than the Super Bowl year Saints. Honestly, they they looked so. They well, look like I'm like a ready. dialed in Patriots I'm team that have blown out. Say that. Dude, I, I gotta say, see them play. And it, it, the the season's going yo, so a seven weird. game win streak, Mike. They're for real. They are they're for real. For real and their dude. defense is stout. Uh-huh. Uh But we still need to see teams playing. It's at like play- the Ryan they're Tornadoes. Play- they're they playing. Leave. At, they're playing at a playoff level, and there's not many teams in the NFL right now that are playing at that level where you can say, wow, yeah, they're going to the playoffs. I mean, you got them, the Eagles, and, you know, the Patriots, they were looking pretty bad a while ago, but oddly enough, they figured out how things work over there, and they're playing normal football for them anyway. Well, when you get three close games given to you, how is your confidence going to dip ever? When When did the Patriots ever had to have like a three and six record and really scrape by and hit like a seven game win streak or do with the Giants that is scrape by to get in the fucking playoffs. You know what I mean? It's like really easy when you have never had to face that. When but you, you know what else Brady. is easy? Is when the Bills keep hiring coaches that can't watch previous well, game tape ever and know how the players were used and can't make adjustments whether you have a bye week, you have 10 days to prepare. I'm sorry. It's really pathetic. And this well, is why the fans got to be really careful when they're like, oh, we got to fire everybody. We got to fire everybody. Yeah? I'm Who not, are you hiring? I'm not seeing, again, in a, and I talked about this previously. 
when you're coaching, you do what your players can do. You you have enough footage on this team coming in the door to say, hey, what did they do last year that worked so well? And beyond just the blocking, they also used to do a lot more screen plays, tight end screen plays, screen plays out of the backfield, wide receiver screens. You're not seeing that. And that's just simple. Like the the greatest thing about a screen is you're you're giving the ball to someone who has the ability to do something with it. So you're getting the ball out quickly, you limited turnover possibility, and the potential for a big play is always there if you have a dynamic playmaker that catches that ball. And they're just not doing that. And screens is a great way to create rhythm in an offense. I mean, <laughs> we've seen a whole lot of them today. Um, I called out four Elvin Kamara screens um, today. and although- you, you called the play action up the middle. What happened to the Bills? Killing it on play action. You know what I mean? It's like you guys have a handful of plays you're good at, and it's like, you know, no matter what the Bills are going to go through, they're scripted X amount of plays, it seems. Is that what's going on here? When you don't, it's like we don't even know what this team can execute, and that's the shitty part. That is the shitty part because now you have – you can't say let's do what they did before. You know, what's the excuses here? Injuries? I don't know. Teams have injuries. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here trying to go to bat. Well, that's another, that's another thing that's even great with running a screen. It's easy play to write up and run. Even if you do have injuries, any player can come in. Whether it's a a guard that has to roll out and pick up a block. That's not anything that really needs to be taught. You don't have to sit there and be a starter for years to be able to run a screenplay. Can, can I ask you a question? How come that slant to Calvin Benjamin first drive, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was a classic like Fitzpatrick C. Johnson kind of thing we would see where it's just all the body. You know what I mean? Good positioning. Yeah, it was a good You would get inside control, right? Follow, follow this path I'm on, right? LaShawn McCoy, you, you look at these players and they have certain attributes, which is which is like better than everybody else, which is LaShawn McCoy is elite at vision, right? He is elite at one-on-one. He is elite at when he has a ball in space, okay? So follow. Why? I feel like the Marv Levy Bills teams with Jim Kelly, they don't give a fuck if that play works. Excuse my French out there. I've done Scarface a lot today, but like, Run the same two plays at work every time until they can stop it. Well, you that, know what I mean. Like that, that's the thing is do what works, and it's almost like the Bills get so cute and they want to get so cute, but they can't even put one foot in front of another. Please. Well, and that's what's great about like when you watch the Patriots, you never know who is going to have a big game because what they're going to do and what great teams do, they take what the defense is giving you. If you're literally going to do the same defense, they can run the same plays over and over and over again until they're blue in the face. They don't care how boring it may look. Give your quarterback some control to get out of a sticky situation, please. Yeah, I'd That's, like to see uh, some more shotgun, more protection for Tyrod, and some quicker plays. I mean, th- line up some screens because, like I said, you can throw a play. It takes less than a second to snap the ball and throw it to somebody and give them the opportunity to make a play. You're getting them away from the congestion, especially when you're not blocking. It's great 
It's even better when you don't have the ability to block because the defense at that point, they don't know if they're just pushing you around because that's what they've been doing the whole game anyways, or you're letting them go. You don't even have to try to act in that case because your acting is no different than the reality of you just blocking or trying to block. It's the same result. So they need to change their, their play. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do have a new offensive coordinator come next week, but it's unlikely. If you do a third week of this, I guarantee you they will have a new offensive coordinator. But we don't. A third week? What about the Carolina game, man? The writing has been on the wall. Has been that's on the wall. That's a forgotten game because after I mean, the Carolina game, they ripped off the wins. Dude, these guys, you know, I, I, I just, it, it's just, I, I was not ready. I had an honestly, I had enough going on in my life personally, where like getting through the podcast was it wasn't a chore. It was awesome. But around the time the Bills are going through the coaching change, I, I went and sat through the Cleveland game, and I sat through the Dolphins game, and my feet were colder than ever. I was freezing. Those games were horrible. And I was just exhausted of this team. And then to go through this whole coaching search again, it's so exhausting. And then thinking that this guy has this book, McDermott, he's got a wrestling pedigree, I back him, I really like him. But, man, the one common theme is you already have on film how these players were used successfully or not. And you also have a thing called equity. Yes, it's nicer changing the culture. But everybody else who has changed the culture has come in and gotten rid of players. But not to this effect. Yeah, hold on, hold on, let me finish. This is going to go for a circle. Ready? So now the Bills have a bunch of draft picks, right? So your three rolls around with McDermott and the Bills media, or I should say the Buffalo media, Goes wild like they always do. McDermott is ran out the door. We had all these equity impacts. And guess what? The next coaching staff is going to come in and GM. And they're going to know better than everybody else because their system works. And the offensive line that we had to replace everybody because they can't figure out how to use the freaking guys they got. The defensive line where they had to, again, replace everybody because they got to get their guys in. Well, now these guys had to get their guys in. And you know what we did? We just blundered the whole time. And I was busting Mike's shops uh, today. And, and it's like, you know, I, I love Shane Gailey, biggest fan ever. It's a joke. But I really do love Shane Gailey. Where it's like, he was out of the league for two years, and out of the you know the five he was in the league, his offenses still held up and cut through defenses, and no matter the talent. And it, part of football is mismatches and finding the mismatch and exploiting it, and you know what I mean? And when you don't allow your quarterback to do that, what the fuck is the point of Tyrod Taylor to watch film if he's just going to be a robot? Well, yeah, and that you know the mismatch finding that you're talking about. That's that's what I'm saying. You you do the same plays until it's blue in the face because you have the matchups you want. So even though it's very similar, if not the same exact play, if they don't make the adjustment and switch the person that is guarding that particular player, 
typically the result is going to be the same. It's going to be a three, five, ten yard play. And production is production. Um, you got to get people that can move the ball, the ball in space. And again, eleven carries or eleven touches for Lashawn McCoy, future Hall Just of Famer. Eight <laughs> after the first drive is it's not enough. And it's not just giving him the ball. It's creating offense. When you can't block, you need to do screens. You need to do short passes. You need to do quick slants and outs just to get your players the ball so then they can make a play. At least at that point, when you have a wide receiver on the outside and he catches the ball, he's one-on-one. He's either going to make a play and get additional yards or he's going to get tackled um, without throwing the ball or putting a player in a position where they have the ability to do something with it. You're cutting yourself off at the legs. You're not going to be able to perform and, then you start searching around. You're no longer looking for just matchups out there. You're just trying to spread the ball around, you know, just to try to make everybody happy. But, you know, best teams, and this is why you see players, especially in fantasy, they'll have weeks where, you know, they may not do anything. And then the next week they explode for 100 yards, 200 yards. That's because the week prior, they didn't have a good matchup, and the following week, they had a great matchup. So a team took that great matchup, and they exploited it to the very end. They kept on going back to that player. They kept on using that one particular matchup or those two particular matchups that were uh, greatly in their advantage. They use it over and over and over again because that's what you're supposed to do. Just like the Saints today, their big matchup, other than the fact that Michael Thomas was 9-10 to on his targets and wasn't getting guarded by anybody. But it was simple. The run game, they weren't getting stopped. So they said, we're going to keep both of our backs um, healthy and fresh. So they rotated their two running backs. And constantly between guard and tackle, they were running right through. They weren't stretching it. They weren't doing much to the outside. They did use Kamara to the outside um, more so than Ingram, but even Kamara just had huge success running right up the gut. He slips and gains another like 7 to 11 yards. Well, that's just something. It's like, oh my God. Well, when the hole's as big as it is, I mean, especially if you already got the the one play where Kelvin uh, Alvin Kamara tripped he tripped at three yards. He somersaulted, rolled, hopped back up onto his feet, and he managed to get 11 yards total on the play. Where was the defense? He fell. He did He did what you were unable to do the entire game, which was to take him down to the ground, and you guys weren't even there to just touch him. Someone just had to put a hand on his shoulder, and it would have counted as a tackle there. No one was around. They were all just getting blocked downfield, getting blocked at the point of the tax. Fullbacks and linemen were getting to second-level linebackers. So by the time the running backs were even getting contact, they were five, six yards down carries or five, six yards downfield. So it's never going to work. If you're if you're the the transitionist, if you're, if you're the players, okay, how do you go to work and go, come on, guys, this is a grind. We got to just get over this, you know, because here's what's going on. They're is, millionaires. Is, is, is here's, here's what's going on. Is a lot of guys, have the offensive line, I'm talking specifically, 
have gotten up, I guess, 15 minutes earlier before practice and have gone through things. These players have gotten away. They've talked. They've really worked on stuff, okay? So I can't really hammer the players. I mean, yes, you have to hammer them accountable for not executing what they need to do. At the same time, at this point, this coaching staff needs to know what they're capable of. And I don't care if that's building. You're talking about a rhythm, right? These players... They, they, what do you do from here? I mean, you're LaShawn McCoy. It's like, do you really go give me those two Tolbert carries? No, but give me those plays on third down and make it. Who cares if you know I'm going to pass, if you're going to pass it to me? They still got to stop me. Don't be so cute to have Tolbert out there. You know what I mean? And, and, and Tolbert can't make anybody miss. No disrespect to the man. But he ain't LaShawn McCoy with the ball in his hands. He ain't skedaddling out of bounds or going behind the defense like man in 97 and, and, and bringing it upfield. You know, it's it's not you're, – you're looking at the closest thing to what even Thurman Thomas would say is close to Barry Sanders. Like, you know, like, I mean, come on. Just – you have this guy on your team and you don't even think to use him. In, in, in a respectable fashion. So it's like Mike's point of you got to get these guys in a rhythm. You really do. And moving forward, it's like, what do you do as a team? Do you approach your coaching staff or you just show up? Well, I guess this is it. And they're five and four. We're talking about this team like they're oh and nine, you know, but it, it looked like an oh and nine performance on the field today. They got their, their butt handed to them, man. And it was hard because – you know, simple things that we see in the stands as delinquents, it, it sucks. And, again, it's a game of mismatches. Uh, going from here, the coaching staff needs to allow Tyrod Taylor to to blossom. This is why you pay him. People want to get on him for errant throws, this and that. Well, guess what? When you don't have that many plays overall as an offense, he can't get in a groove either. How many times have we seen Tom Brady be an abomination for three quarters? Fourth quarter comes and he just clutches it out. Number nine in NBA well, jam. And that's clutch the great factor. thing about you know Tom Brady too. Tom Brady is the king of throwing it short. He throws it. He hits a receiver that's open and. They make plays when you have a running back or you have a tight end, you have a wide receiver, and he's coming across the field shallow. He's got a nice speed to him, and you catch him in stride. He may only catch the ball at two yards, but he can pick up more yards from there. Why do you think Amendola, uh, Edelman, and they've done so well? They're catching it and making plays. And Granted, Tom Brady also allows them to do that with – positioning of the ball but going back to tolbert tolbert's on pace right now to have more carries this season with the bills than he's had his last three seasons with the carolina panthers so that's not that's just not good coaching i understand i understand if you're in a game and you don't want to just overload um you know your your running back shady mccoy but Today, there was no reason to even take him out. He didn't even have to play that many plays. If McCoy was in on all the snaps, they had, I think, 35 snaps the entire game, or was it 45? I think No, the Bills were in the 30s for plays. If I'm not mistaken, I thought thought we said on the ride home, 36 plays altogether. They somehow had 10 first downs, which... I we we honestly one of the rare games I actually walked out before the Peterman show started. 
and the streaker that we missed. Yeah, I hear that was an epic streaker, too. So we actually missed what could have potentially been, you know, the greatest part. And the thing is, we're not going to see it because they don't televise these things and record this. Like, if someone's got a video, send that to us so we can take a look at that. Because I hear it was a, a, a epic run out there um, in skins. And, uh, you know, that's bold. There's some big guys out there. Now, granted, most football players aren't going to want to tackle any random naked guy running across the field. But the security guards, it's kind of their job. They have to, they got, they have to do it, unfortunately. But, yeah, I'd like to calculate his yardage, how much total yards he got, you know, running around because, you know. You start, it's like those games where the cops are after you. Eventually, you got one man in a car, and there's about 12 police officers following you. Need for speed, high pursuit style. So, um, yeah, beyond the epic streaker. Um, yeah, so looking at this. We're talking about, like, simple. I mean, we're talking common sense here, right? You know what I mean? Like, to, he's Tober's not a game changer. LaShawn McCoy is. He's not. And, and the part that bothers me the most, and it's, even though we all are agreeing that uh, Tolbert should not be the number two running back, why we cut Williams in training camp, no one will know. Um, I think it's just something with this front office whose statement is we're getting rid of all of Whaley's picks good, bad, or other, they got to go. Uh, So I don't get it. And today, and I think it was last week, LaShawn McCoy should be the two-minute guy. Like, unless he's already touched the ball so many times in a game and you're up at half, like, there's no reason why at any two-minute situation LaShawn McCoy is not – on the field he can catch the ball and what happens a lot in two minute drives especially early you got players going downfield uh a running back may stay into block and then he will slide out into pass and if nothing's open downfield he's going to get the ball and that's how tolbert got his catch today and he's mike tolbert so he did what mike tolbert does with the ball which is nothing um and why he's out there again i don't i I can't answer that. It doesn't make any sense. He doesn't belong. Um, I'm fine with him spelling Shady McCoy from time to time, but his snap percentage is incredibly too high um, for the talent he has. I don't understand. You know, you had your receiver here from, we had a reporter from Nick Pop who had a source through Sammy Watkins and Sammy Watkins was really looking forward to being a Buffalo Bill and just wanted to do it for Buffalo and you know Brandon Bean comes in and trades this kid away and you know I was about it at first but then that causes Bolden to retire and it's like here we are ripping Bolden to not ripping Bolden to ripping Bolden to not ripping Bolden and and it's like when a team is down you kind of wonder like man this guy's been around you know this guy's been around well, so you, you kind of wonder, like, what's going on here? Like, these guys know everything, and 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 I don't trust. I'm sorry, but like Sean McDermott, I'm not that impressed with his resume coming in. Yeah, does he have his shit together? Sure, 
he it's like people are more in love with the thought that the guy's a nice well-respected man which is great than what he's done and stop annoying people got to stop annoying that this is the guy because he's not he's doing exactly what rex ryan did on the offside side about and believe it or not he came into this game with the worst ranked defense than rex ryan at this point last year and i guarantee you it's worse now rex ryan did not have a 298 yard rushing game <laughs> like that is that is pathetic. The game is built around the run. All I'm saying is, McDermott, I'm with you, buddy, but you gotta make some serious adjustments because not for nothing, your offensive adjustments are molasses. Are absolutely molasses. Come on. Where is the urgency in the offensive side of the ball in particular? The defenses have proven to at least play decent in the secondary and grow Trey White continues to impress honestly you know at the same time it's gonna really hollow not seeing that much of a pass rush but with Drew Brees you gotta give that offensive line credit of his the guys that we thought were gonna be down for the offensive line actually played so he only had eight sacks he didn't get sacked today did he not at all right who's that Drew Brees no, Drew no. Brees. So Drew Brees was <laughs> Drew Brees clean, was quite comfortable the so entire look, game. This team is an animal. Okay, the Saints are an animal. But when you come off against the Jets, looking like an absolute mess, and you don't build anything more than fifty something yards with Tyrod Taylor on offense, which yeah, there are times you can get rid of that ball. Okay, at the same time, this offense can't even get through enough plays to get into a groove. Uh, let's be real here. What do they have to build off of? I don't know. I can't tell you one go-to play. Uh, I could tell you it seemed like the first quarter they started doing a lot of screens. The offense, that first drive, that offense looked awesome. And then just something stupid happens. And it seems like the Bills have more negative plays than they do positive plays. Like first down, we're going to have like a swing pass, and we're going to lose yards. And it's like third and 13. Third and 14. Stupid penalty, of course. And I can't even get on the refs. The Bills were on their own way today. I mean, it's just they – I don't – I'm not saying the team is done, but coming off the Jets, they have not proven anything to me that we have something to build off of. Well, but between I, play calling and then the front office, like it, at this point the front office – hasn't done much to show any confidence. I mean, you look at a player like Robert Woods, who we had for a few seasons, who would not have cost much. You know, we just chose not to sign him. And, you know, he's having a great season, you know, with a second year quarterback. Um, so, which he has no chemistry with. Well, they're, they've created some chemistry. No, I'm saying, like, going into this season, he had no chemistry, imagine. And then Marquise Goodwin scores an 83-yard touchdown. Well, I mean, Marquise Goodwin ain't durable. Okay, pick him up, fantasy people. Like, he's actually pretty consistent. Well, Robert Woods has had not only a great game this week, but he's starting to – he almost looks as if he is the number one receiver over there for the Rams. I mean, his last few games are – you know, progressively more impressive. I mean, he's getting five. He's getting minimum five catches a week, roughly, when you average everything out, and he's getting over 50 yards a week. Today he blew up for eight, 170, and two touchdowns. It's a player that 
although he's not the fastest, not the, the best at any measure of football, he's still like a quality player. And if you can have a quality player at a low price, you do it, especially because he already had like you got to figure they took all of the weapons that Tyrod was used to throwing to and essentially got rid of them. They didn't sign them. I mean, obviously they have Clay and then they have McCoy, but you lose all your targets. You have to change the next year. You have to adapt. Um, He's not been able to do it partially because of him and partially because of the play calls. You know, there was a couple of plays where, Again, you have the one-on-one coverage, nobody over top. And at that point, and it's like I said on the last podcast, although they did throw it down there on the first drive, you have to do it more. Like, that pass was not a good pass. He didn't even give Kelvin Benjamin the opportunity to catch the ball. But that was a situation where he was double-covered anyways. He shouldn't even have had the ball thrown there. There was a man over top, and he had the cornerback on him. So he was double covered anyways. So that tells me someone was not double covered. He could have gone elsewhere with the ball. In situations where I was watching and there was one-on-one coverage on the outside, there was a couple scenarios where, uh, what is it, Deontay? Thompson. Thompson. He had one-on-one on the outside. Now, the one play that he did drop, he should have caught that ball and – it wasn't too bad of a throw. It could have been thrown better. There was slight interference. I don't. I mean, the defender didn't turn around, made contact. It should he have did been a give flag. him a little shove, like yeah. he showed that, like like we looked on the replay. It was it was something that they could have called, but it's not something you're going to fault the ref for not calling because it wasn't much. Drew Brees gets a call. Most likely, I mean the the def- normally it's normally cut and dry. If you don't look, you get the flag. In that case, he didn't look. He made slight contact. He didn't get the flag. He got away with it, but it was still slight, nevertheless. Um, but there were other situations in the game where you had one-on-one on the outside. You got a man going down the field. It, those are situations where you have to take the risk. When you're not moving the ball any other way, you have to energize your team with a big play. And you know, A big play down the field can do that. A screen that converts into a first down. These are things that, you know, can energize a team. Okay, let's be real here. Ready? So, Charles Clay, mismatch, typically. LaShawn McCoy, mismatch, typically. Calvin Benjamin, mismatch, typically. Uh, Deontay Thompson, proven chemistry with Tyrod Taylor. Jordan Matthews, dependable. Okay? Nick O'Leary, whatever. Well, but, yeah. but, but 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 let's just talk mismatches, right? At the we end have of all the day, these mismatches that they the, don't use. They're not right. They may not be the best at any one of their positions, but they're all formidable players. And what they've done the last two weeks is inexcusable. And some of that could very well be just play calling. I mean, you have to put your players in position, and they're just not where they need to be. Cut and dry. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say is like if to put now I don't know how this works. If the players are in practice early, that might mean that the coaches gave them a glance of what's to come, okay? And now keep in mind as fans, we might want this problem to be fixed night and day on the offensive line. You know, going through the tape, I'm sure right now as we're going, Lockdown Bills will have a podcast and a post game podcast. So check that out. 
Um, so we're 54 minutes into this, Mike. I'm probably just going to put a cap on this and just say, like, look it. Cover one, we'll have a nice breakdown to see what analytically they think went wrong. I trust Eric Turner's eyes on it. Well, the other news that's going to come out, and you can't find it right now, the amount of broken tackles, like it's something that they're going to have to review the tape to get an actual number on, um, but that will show up in the box score. And watching the game, I know they they don't exactly always count every broken tackle or yard after contact, but I'm going to say the the Saints, without knowing definitively, just from watching, I'm guessing they had over 100-plus yards after contact. And that's just inexcusable. That's just poor tackling. That's not breaking down. That's not being in position. That's not meeting the ball carrier. That's on you. No matter what the play is, if they had that much yardage, which, again, we will find out within the next 24 hours if that is the case, um, that's something that no no play calling will ever fix. They can't make you – they can put you in a position to make the play, but you have to inevitably make the play. Um, so the only other thing is uh, I think uh, Humber, uh, he may be losing some playing time to the rookie, but uh, we'll see that going forward. Oh, one last thing I want to mention. Uh, game of mismatches, what I kept saying to you, why is Humber on Ted Good Jr.? Does that just tell you where they're at with their secondary here? Like they have nobody to play. I mean, well, right? Definitely had a tough game today. So if, if he was on him, uh, good thing for Ted Good. He wasn't getting targeted a lot because they didn't need him. But that's one of those. That's one of those play calls. Even though they didn't go to it because they didn't have to. If the game was tighter. Ted Ginn would have gotten far more looks. They just, again, they just didn't need to do anything but run today. So there you have it. That's Mike Smitty. I am your host, David Palermo. Don't forget numbillsfan.com for everything. Please subscribe if you do not. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Anybody have a good take? You think you can hang on a podcast? You've listened to it before. I'll have random people call up. Good people. Just need a platform. I'm easy. Just don't suck about it. All right, there's a couple of you people on Twitter. Pretty funny. Actually, one guy, he doesn't even listen, so I don't even know I'm going to acknowledge him. <laughs> well, Dave, so, let's wrap this up, and then I'll go beat you in Madden real quick. So, It'll be fun mm, for me. Mm, you can dream. Okay, <laughs> so... Uh, NumbillsFan.com, Punch Drunk Sports, has a uh, podcast network coming soon to drop. Grandstand Sports Network, thank you for the help, the promo. And as always, CoverOne.net and Lockdown Bills, make sure you check it out. If you want a more serious approach, okay, more analytics, there you go. Deeper takes, there you go. All right, have a good night, Numbills Fan. Subscribe to it. See it.